Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Paul Henry with Four Winds Church, and once again, this is our online teaching ministry. And again, I am very honored that you would take the time to be involved with this study with me as we look at the big picture, uh, trying to understand your Bible from the mountaintop uh, perspective and get a more clear understanding of what your Bible actually says from Genesis to Revelation. And looking at this from a more um, actually simplified viewpoint, once again, I hope last week's study was helpful. Uh, again, I apologize for it being so long. I really don't want them to be that long. But um, I hope that that study was helpful, and I hope that as we continue to look at this, um, we will understand that your Bible is, it's, there's a simple story that runs throughout the scriptures of what God is doing and why and Satan's involvement and mankind's involvement is the main characters uh, and what's going on. It is um, multifaceted. It is, if you will, uh, complex, but it is not complicated. It's really a simple story and it's got a lot of different uh, nuances to it, but the main storyline is actually pretty simple. And so we're going to cover the second part of this first uh, section, actually, of trying to deal with this war. How did it start? Who's all involved? Why are we even involved in this? Are you like me where you realize Satan's out there? You realize he's, I don't know, giving us fits, fighting against God, and there's all this stuff going on. Then you look at the book of Revelation, and there's war and famine and pestilence and the dragon, and Satan is released, and there's mayhem and death and just you're like how did we get involved in all this if there's this war in heaven between god and lucifer why are we even in the middle of this i mean what's this got to do with me trying to scratch out a living today why does satan even care if i'm even here um well you have to get into the beginning of the story to figure that out so that's what we're going to do and we're going to look at the um, uh, the second part um, of this story, and I think it's gonna it might take us at least six months to go through this. So I hope you'll stick it out with me, and I hope you'll leave us uh, leave some comments and post your questions or whatever. Uh, just you know, keep it nice. So before we dive off into this section again, let's pray together, and we're just gonna ask that God would bless our time together. Amen, that he would cause his word to come to life for us and it would change us. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, bless us with your presence. Speak to us through your word. Um, bring us into a deeper understanding of what you're trying to get us to understand. Lord, free us from the shackles of the lies that we've inherited. And Lord, help us to embrace your truth and to live our lives like Yeshua said, that we might have a life more abundantly, that we would understand the truth and that that truth would literally set us free. Lord, be with us today, and I pray all this in Yeshua's name. Amen. 
All right, so let's look at this second section on the war and how it all started. So I want to start off with this comment. Knowing our roles defines what we are to do. Sounds like common sense, right? But you got to go back to the beginning to try to figure out what that is. And it starts to answer the questions about this war. How did we get involved? Who all's involved in this? Why are we stuck in the middle of it? What's God doing? What's Satan doing? What are we supposed to do? So I talked about that the first in our last study, that the first lie was, uh, did God really say? The next lie from Satan has, it was, and it is still largely misdirection and deflection. And it's the deflection of what our purpose and identity really is. If he can keep you from understanding who you are, what you are, what you were created to do, then you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Then you just kind of, I don't know, stumble through life. And then he doesn't have to worry about you. That's why in Acts, when it talks about the seven sons of Siva that are trying to cast out these demons out of this guy, those demons said to that man, those men, Jesus we know, Paul we've heard about. There's rumors in hell about Paul. Who are you? They didn't even know who they were. I'm sure that Satan doesn't know who most of us are because we're not really stirring up much dust in hell. Now let's look at a few of these verses. Um, I'm going to try to bring up on my screen here um, this passage. It would be easier for me if I do it from my notes. I'm usually using the Logos Bible software, so if you have that, you can pull that up or get your Bibles out. Please get a pen and paper out and jot down some of these notes uh, and these passages specifically. Not so much what I say, but the passages, and then you go look at it yourself. Don't just hang on my interpretation of what those passages say. Read them for yourself. You have a brain. Connect the dots. Ask these simple questions. How does this go together? So let's look at the creation account in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 31. This is from the Tree of Life version. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the flying creatures of the sky, over the livestock, over the whole earth, and over every crawling creature that crawls on the land. God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the land and conquer it. Rule over every fish of the sea, the flying creatures of the sky, and over every animal that crawls on the land. Then God said, I have just given you every green plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the whole land and every tree which is, has which has the fruit of the tree yielding seed. They are to be food for you. Also, every wild animal, every flying creature of the sky and every creature that crawls on the land which has life Every green plant is to be food. And it happened so. So God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. 
So there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. We've already looked at this passage once before, but I want you to see a few things in here. Number one, he says here in Genesis 1, uh, verse 26, he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Uh, just hold on to that. I think most of us are aware of that, and we have varying uh, opinions about what that means. Uh, but I want to take you to another passage um, after the fall, and this one's found in Genesis chapter 3. This is in verse 22 through 24. And here it says, Then Yahweh said, or Adonai Elohim said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. So now, in case he stretches out his hand and takes also from the tree of life and eats and lives forever, Adonai Elohim sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken, and he expelled the man, and at the east of the garden he had cherubim dwell along with whirlings, with the whirling sword of flame to guard the way to the tree of life. Once again, each one of these passages, we could just camp here a long time, but um, what I really want you to gr uh, grasp and try to hold on to is that humans are different by the very nature that we are created in the image of God, in the image of Elohim. We also resemble the Elohim, the gods, those of the heavenly dimension. And remember it said, he's, man has become like one of us. And so, and we've become like the gods in that now we know the difference between good and evil. So in this story, we have the fall of man with the temptation from the serpent. Now I skipped over that part of it, but I just want you to see those two things. We're created, created his image, then we fall, and when we fell, we became like the gods or the angelic realm, those of the heavenly dimension, in that now we know the difference between good and evil. It's when you look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, that you see this story of this serpent tempting Adam and Eve, or in it's specifically Eve. And so let's read this and, and look at this um, in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and we'll pull up this verse as well. It says, uh, but the serpent was shrewder or more shrewd than any animal of the field that Adonai, God, Yahweh, Elohim, made. So it said, this serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat of all the trees of the garden? The woman said to the serpent of the fruit of the trees we may eat. But of the tree, of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat of it or you must not touch it or you will die. So she misquoted that part, adding, you can't even touch it. God didn't say that. God did say, don't eat it. 
And then the serpent said to the woman in verse 4, You most assuredly won't die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a thing of lust for the eyes. In other words, she was lusting after it. Why? And that the tree was desirable for imparting wisdom. This becomes super important as to what we're about to look at. So she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate. So is that not incredible? <laughs> so it's, it's interesting to note that the serpent was truthful when he said that through this act, they would be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And that's exactly right, because we read that in Genesis 3, where God literally says, yeah, you know, man has become like us, knowing the difference between good and evil. I really don't want him to eat of the tree of life in that state and live forever. This is going to, in other words, thwart his plan for mankind, filling the earth with his image and ruling over the earth. We're going to get to that much later. But we got to unpack this because it's only in understanding what God did when he created us and when he created Adam and Eve and what our roles are that you can understand what happened. <laughs> and if you don't understand what happened, you are destined to repeat it. Those that don't understand history are destined to repeat it. And those that are involved in cancel culture are trying to reinterpret the past so that they can dictate the future, which is exactly what Satan has always done. Oh, my goodness. And it's, I don't know if I can finish this one either. <laughs> There's just so much information. There's so much here to unpack. So let's look at this. The, the serpent was more shrewd than all the other animals. And we have to think far beyond snake. Literally, the word there for the serpent can, can be used to describe a serpentine-type figure. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he was a snake, but serpentine style. And remember, God is not boring in his creations. Just think about all the different weird pictures that are in your Bible about these creatures with multiple faces and multiple types of bodies and feet and serpentine and shining and things. And so they don't all look like cows or sheep or snakes or birds or eagles the way we think. Sometimes they're a mixture, and this one was like that. And so just remember that he's not boring. Also, I want you to notice something here, that when this serpent asked Eve, did God really say this animal, this snake thing is talking? And Eve doesn't go, hey, wait a minute. Like if you watch the Chronicles of Narnia, he's a beaver. Why is he talking? They don't say, she doesn't say that. It was normal for them to interact and communicate. Uh, she doesn't say, why are you able to talk to me? She just has a conversation with him. 
This was a normal event. Up until this time, God himself regularly walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. There was this natural interaction between this world and what we call the heavenly world or the heavenly dimension or the heavenly realm. And that is much like the way it will be with the new heaven and the new earth at the end of this age when God perfects everything and recreates a new earth and a new heaven. That's later. But we need to ask this question, why did the serpent tempt Eve and not Adam, if Adam is standing right there? We have this picture that Eve is over there by himself and Satan's kind of sneaking around and he finds Eve and she's this weaker person, so he can tempt her. He can't tempt Adam, but he can tempt her. That's a bunch of hogwash. We'll get into that in a second. Adam was right there with her. He doesn't tempt Adam. He tempts Eve. It's not like she was alone. Why did he tempt her? You have to understand the role of women to actually get into this issue and the role of women then and also today. And it starts to answer this question of what was really going on. And I hope your eyes are going to go pop and your mind's going to go purple smoke. What? Who put that in my Bible? And yet it's right there. So we have to look at the very words used to describe the creation of Eve, the woman. So it's in this passage in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So we're going to look at this one, and there's a number of things here I'm going to have you look at on screen so that you can see some things. Um, In Genesis, right here, in Genesis 2, verse 18, it says, Then Adonai Elohim, uh, that's Yahweh God, said, It's not good for man to be alone. Let me make a well-matched helper for him. And some versions literally say, I will make a helper suited for him. Or some versions will even say a helper fit for him. So in Hebrew, and I hope you're able to follow along with me on this. In Hebrew, it's the word, there's two words, ezer, Connecto. That's what they are in Hebrew, and they're from these root words and so on. But I'm just going to show you a few things here. This word Ezer. So I want you to understand that this is, you know, right out of Strong's uh, lexicon and the Dictionary of Bible Languages with Semitic Domains. Right here, and it's right out of my Logos uh, Bible software. So this word Ezer. Uh, literally, if you're following along here, reading this on my screen, it says a helper, assistant, one who assists, serves another with what is needed. Help, assistance, acts of supplying what is needed to another. Strength, formally, help, i.e., power to accomplish a task. So it's not just like Eve is handing Adam tools. She's filling in gaps that he has to accomplish what God has commanded. It's when you get into these Strong's lexicons and you get all these other things. So this word Ezer here again from this Bible dictionary is one who assists and serves another with what is needed. Okay, I'm going to scroll on down here more out of this uh, root word for is Azar, where we get Ezer, okay? 
and this generally indicates military assistance. I've had this verified even from the president of a school in Israel, but it's military assistance. Illustrative of this is the use of the word with Egypt. Egypt will fall in spite of her supporters, military supporters. In fact, these allies will fall with her. And here are some of these passages talking about this in Ezekiel 30, verse 8, and, four, and so on. Further, Egypt's military assistance for Judah is worthless, and the prophet condemns reliance on it. It's this idea of a military assistance. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. As they're used in a compound with the divine name. It's also used in a compound with the divine name, uh, like Azrael or Azriel or Azariah, uh, and also in Ahaz, looking down here. And so this the divine assistance is frequently of a military nature. I want you to see that it's connected to this military idea when women are called an Ezer Connecto. So you look down farther here, um, in this, uh, and these are just notes that I've copied and pasted out of my Logos Bible software onto my notes here so I can read it to you. So this idea of being fit for him is where we get this uh, neged or connecto fit for him. And so it's this idea of this verb, which means to tell in the sense of to make known and is used to indicate the imparting of divine wisdom. Are you freaking kidding me? So the, the word neged is used both for God and people, so it does not carry any specific idea of divine revelation. It is used, however, to indicate God revealing things through various means, such as dreams, prophecies, uh, often translated to tell in the context of human instruction of divine wisdom and truth, such as fathers instructing their children. So let me scroll down here too, because I highlighted this for you to see this. Sorry if I'm going back and forth. Just trying to make sure I don't go too far. It's the opposite or counterpart, only in connecto like his counterpart, equally corresponding to him as we find in Genesis 2 verse 18 and 20 and following in the presence of or before or even over against right out of the concise Hebrew Aramaic lexicon of the Old Testament. Now let's jump back and get out of this. With all of this background information that I was just reading to you on how these words are interpreted that the woman was created to be this Ezer Konegdo for Adam. She's not a weak counterpart that was created to simply hand Adam the tools for him to till the ground with. She's not there just to <laughs> make his socks, so to speak, and cook his food. No, she's to be his counterpart. We can actually see that this is a military term to give assistance to another, and in this case, Adam. She, and actually women in general, 
were created to be the counterpart to and for men. They were actually to be more like princess warriors. They were to be strong, not weak in the way we would typically think. They can and could multitask and were there to be like a SWAT team going into hostile areas and to have each other's back and actually listen when the warnings were given, i.e. imparting wisdom, warnings. She saw that it was good for imparting wisdom. Therefore, she lusted for it. Why? To do the things she knew that God had already created her to do. That's how Satan tempts us. Oh, they both failed. Adam and Eve both failed horribly. He was there and he should have stepped in when he misquoted what God told Adam about the tree. If you remember, Eve wasn't created yet when God said, this is what I'm giving for you to eat, but of this tree, don't eat it. When you eat it that day, you'll die. Eve wasn't created yet. So that Eve comes along, so that how did she know about it? It was Adam's job to tell her. This is what he, God said. So when she misquoted it and he's standing right there, he said, whoa, 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 sorry, honey. That's not really right. What he said was we shouldn't eat it. He didn't say we couldn't touch it. And then on top of that, when Lucifer, Satan, the serpent, continues to tempt her, Adam should have stepped in, but he didn't because he's an idiot, absolute idiot. Um Did she not take the warning seriously enough because she wasn't there? I don't know. Adam, all we know is that Adam was there and evidently he was silent. In Paul's vernacular, my vernacular, I'd say, you idiot, moron. <laughs> so it wasn't just Eve. Um, also, it's important to note at this point that it was through the woman that humans would be born with the image of God within them and brought into this world to fill it and govern over it, and watch this, and over everything that moved on it. So Eve was not just here. Or she's not just the one that was alone and the weak link in the story. She was actually the very focal point and the tip of the spear, so to speak. Now, there's two passages in Scripture that lead us to believe that women are just weaker than men and, you know, shouldn't have authority over men, and the list goes on and on and on because, you know, well, they're just weak. It's because we don't know our Bible, we don't pay attention to our Bible, and we sure enough don't read our Bible in context, and we jump to conclusions when we read a little statement and we go off on something instead of going, well, hold on a minute. Let me think about this. What is this actually saying? And it's found in 1 Timothy. Let's look at this together. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. This is Paul speaking. And he says, Let uh, a woman receive training in a quiet demeanor and compl with complete respect for order. But I do not allow a woman to train or dictate to a man, but to be in a quiet demeanor. For Adam was formed was formed first, then Eve. Also, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived, she fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be sustained through childbearing if they continue in faithfulness and love and holiness 
with sound judgment. Now, this is the Apostle Paul saying this. I, I need to point out something here, and I'm running short on time again. Sorry, I'm trying to keep these short. Adam wasn't deceived. How do we know that Adam wasn't deceived? Because he's standing there watching it like a scientist. Well, let me just see how this turns out. I mean, was he really willing to let Eve die? He knew, God said, in the day you eat this, you're going to die. Was he so selfish that he literally watched her and said, hey, I'm just going to see if she dies or not. I mean, I guess God can make me another one. I don't know. <laughs> what an idiot. So he wasn't deceived. He was just an idiot. Um, he should have stepped in and reminded Eve and on top of that, he should have stepped in and challenged the serpent. And he didn't do it. Eve fell into transgression. Adam, now this is my opinion, he jumped into transgression willingly. She fell into it. He was an idiot. He goes, well, she didn't die, so I guess it's okay if I do it. Now that's my humble opinion. There's one other passage I want us to look at. And it's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Let's look at this real quick. It says, In the same way, husbands, uh, live with your wives in an understanding way, though they are weaker partners. Honor them as equal heirs of grace, of the grace of life. In this way, your prayers will not be hindered. And we could spend forever just on that verse, right? Many have tried to interpret this passage and try to come up with what was Peter talking about here when he said that she's and that women are a weaker vessel. And a lot of people just jump to conclusions. Um, the most realistic conclusion here of what Peter is saying, not what Paul is saying, what Peter is saying. Let's let's just deal with Peter for a second. The most obvious conclusion of what Peter is saying here is, listen, men, you need to honor your wife, live as one, listen to her. She is, after all, your Ezra Connecto. I'm sure Peter knew this. She's weaker, weaker in what form? Probably physical. Physical. Not necessarily mental, emotional, um, not in her cognitive abilities, but obviously physical abilities. And that he's saying, you need to honor them, as we just read, as equal heirs of the grace of life. Equal with your counterpart. And he says that when you do this, your prayers will not be hindered. There's that ton of men out there that really need to memorize this verse and they need to change their home life. Just like Adam, absolute idiots. Idiots. I believe that in this passage, Peter's telling husbands how to live with and honor their wives as equal heirs, like he says, so that their prayers will not be hindered. Now, obviously, there are differences in men and women. And as we've looked at just now in these passages, 
there's also differences in what God said in that the women are created as an ezer connecto, a military term, like a military partner of a SWAT team going into a hostile area, and she's there to tap his shoulder and say, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. There are people that have done absolute, complete studies on this, written full books on this topic of this Ezra Konegdo. You might want to just go and research that for yourself. It's mind-boggling. Change your perspective on your wife. Change your perspective on yourself. Change your perspective on yourself as a husband. Women, change your perspective on your husband. And you better not go in there and just try to lord it over them. Equal heirs in this grace-filled life, this heritage of life, working together, co-equal together, yet different. Uh, Man, I wish we had even more time. Is it any wonder Satan started off with this lie and attacked the woman? as the Ezra Konegdo. He didn't go after Adam. Why? He's not the Ezra Konegdo. We're going to get into this more in our next section because I don't have time to unpack the rest of this. There's way so much more. But he went after the woman. Why? It was through the woman that more humans would be born to fill this earth with the very image of God. And she was there, watch this, to be the strength in his weakness. So he attacked the woman, not the man. And we're going to get more into the why. But when he did that, is it any, and people don't know this today. They won't talk about it. There's just not that many people that talk about it. Uh, when I first started studying this, I just went, really? I know I read this book and I did this and I, I see it, but is this really true? And I was taking classes online, trying to learn Hebrew from university in in Jerusalem. The president of the college sent out a newsletter. Hey, you want to strengthen your marriage? Hey, you need to look at this topic, Ezra Konegdo, and it's really a military term. And I went, are you kidding me? I had a secondary witness and a third witness, and I went, okay, God, I'm listening. This is true. I'm reading it in my Bible. I can look at it in the Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I'm listening to these other people that are. And wow, that's really what it says. And it just, it opened my eyes to a lot more. But now watch this. And I'm going to get into something here just for a second. And I'm going to close. Look at what's happening in the world today with the um, trying to delineate the lines between men and women. Women's sports are being absolutely destroyed because people can't understand that there's a physical difference, a biological DNA difference between a physical woman and a physical man. There are body parts that are different. There's a mindset that's supposed to be different. There are cognitive and emotional skill sets that are supposed to be different for a reason and we have obscured those lines so much 
and the devil is behind this cancel culture and cancel gender identity culture to our total ultimate destruction, death, and decay. It is not life. It is not even life-sustaining. It is destruction. Is it any wonder that that's happening again today in the most profound ways? And that they say, oh no, men can become women and women can, can become men. Only if you physically alter the body through surgeries and then chemically alter the mindset and hormonal balance within that physical body can you get the resemblance of what you think you are creating folks it's the same lie it's the same attack it's happening again today and i, I just wanted to add that so that you can understand how important understanding your bible is so that you can see what's going on currently and instead of getting mad at the people understand wow this is a lie from the devil and it's designed to attack watch this not individual people it's designed to and to attack humanity and why and we're going to get into that next week and it is just as huge if not bigger i think than this but it's all tied together so now we have this serpent attacking mankind through the woman and what's going on with him i mean why would he do the do this horrible thing to tempt adam and eve now, stop and think about that for just a second. Adam and Eve are running around in the garden. They're naked. They don't even know it. They're eating fruit and nuts and stuff off of trees and basically a vegetarian diet. All these massive animals and structures are on the earth beyond our wildest dreams. It's paradise. Out of the earth, God plants a garden of absolute beautiful perfection. He's the ultimate gardener. He plants a garden, and he puts Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden. They're running around minding their own business, doing what God said, hanging out with God in the cool of the day. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you know what? What'd you see today? What'd you do today? I mean, did you name some more animals? I did, well, what all is going on? And they're talking to God. It's like, buddies talking and out of nowhere this serpent shows up hey did god really say that ah god knows if you eat that you're not going to die you're going to be like god you're going to know the difference between good and evil it's it's going to be fine yeah you know you're not going to die why would he do this just over they're not they're not messing with satan and lucifer care less Y'all are doing your thing. We're doing our thing. We're just doing what God said. I don't know. We're just, God made us. All of a sudden, here we are. We're the absolute perfection crown of his creation. When he created us, he said, man, this is very good. And we're doing our thing. And all of a sudden, Lucifer shows up in this serpent and tempts Adam and Eve. And then here we are. What in the world started all of that? 
We're going to get into that next week. If this has been helpful to you, you know, give us a thumbs up. Maybe share it with somebody. I hope it has. Ladies, God has created you in a magnificent way, not as a subservient servant doormat to men, but to have our backs. Men, you need to honor your wife as the weaker physical vessel. Don't lord it over her. Honor her. Women, don't nag your husbands. We can get into tons of stuff here. Honor one another. Work in unison, in harmony together to do what God's called you to do. When you don't do this, that's when there's division and you don't have a common goal and you grow apart. And then there's divorce and arguing and on and on and on. Why? Because you don't know what your role is. You don't know what you're really supposed to be doing. You're just guessing at it. And you're guessing at it based on what somebody else has told you instead of what the scripture tells you. And you're operating off of half-baked lies and twisted truths and everything's messed up. Just go back to the word. Do those three things I keep saying all the time. Pray, read your Bible, and then repeat Get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Work it out. Dig in there and make it the goal of your life to honor God. I hope this has been a blessing. I hope it's starting to answer some questions for you. And we're going to get into the big question next week. Why did this happen? Why would Satan do this? What in the world is going on? And then this is going to start unpacking everything else in your Bible on why all this stuff is happening. Why are all these weird stories in your Bible? Why did Yeshua have to come and die? What, what is really going on here? What, it, what is the end goal to get me into heaven? Might surprise you. The answer to that is no. That is not the end goal. There's something bigger than that, something better than that. And we're just going to continue to look at all these stories and try to unpack all this stuff so that you can even see what's going on in the world today. Even this war of all these people that want to annihilate Israel. Why does everybody hate Israel? We're going to figure that out. And we're going to do it together. God bless you. Yamarekika, Yalva, Varishmarka. Yaer, Yalva, Panavileka, Vihuneka. Esau, Yahweh, Benavileka, Veasimlika, Shalom. May Yahweh himself bless you and keep you. That's the word for guard, protect. May Yahweh himself be gracious to you and make his face to smile upon you. How? Like a father smiling at his child so proud, like when he said in the garden, it is very good. And then may Yahweh himself literally cause his countenance, his face, his Shekinah glory to be lifted up all around you. And through that process, give you his shalom, his peace. God bless you. I hope this has been helpful to you. If you need us, reach out to us, 4winchchurch.org. It's all spelled out. Uh, You want to read the book. It's a PDF file. It's uh, 4winchchurch.org backslash big picture. There's no spaces. It's just big picture like it's all one word. It's a PDF file. Just get it and download it. It's yours for free. 
not going to ask you for anything. You don't have to sign up for a newsletter or anything. If you want it, you're free, free to have it. Um, God bless you. And if you need us, reach out to us. Leave us a message, will you please? Maybe share this message. God bless you. I hope to see you soon.